Welcome back to the Jim and Justin Breakdown. Today we have Ian Eagle on the line, and I have Christian Avenizio, my co-founder at Daily Fantasy Insider. He is co-hosting this show with me. Uh, Christian, how are you doing? Doing really, really well. Thanks for having me on the show. And Ian, how are you? It's great to have you. I'm doing great. Great to be on with you guys. So for those of you who don't know, uh, Ian's a broadcaster, and, and he knows a lot about the Jets, and that's what we are here to talk about today. Ian, I want to first get your prediction if the Jets will win any games this year. <laughs> I'm not in the prediction business. Uh, <laughs> you mentioned that I'm a broadcaster, but uh, I don't go to Vegas. Uh, I don't uh, gamble much. I do know I see on the field, and, and I see a team right now that uh, just can't match up with other teams around the NFL talent-wise, player for player. Uh, they're, they're just not on the same level, and we saw that. On display Sunday against Oakland, Raiders are one of the better teams in the NFL, but if if you just look at, at the pure talent, Raiders have uh, weapons all over the place on offense. Uh, they've got major talent on defense, young talent as well that they're developing, and they've got a quarterback that they can rely on. And the Jets are in a position right now where it looks like they've hit the reset button and uh, the future stars of this team are not on the roster currently. So you don't see a quarterback on this roster that could make it? As the clear-cut leader uh, that you can build your team around? No. No, Josh McCown was brought in as a stopgap. We understand that. He's 38 years old. He's been right. everywhere you could be in this league. Bryce Petty was a fourth-round draft pick a few years ago. I think Bryce can be a backup quarterback in this league and someone you can rely on in a pinch. And then there's Christian Hackenberg, who gets a lot of attention. He's a polarizing figure from Penn State. He was selected high. That's not his fault that he was selected in the second round, mind you. You don't right. draft yourself. It was Mike McCagnon that believed <laughs> in his ability and thought that Christian could develop. We haven't seen a whole lot, so we're basing it only on a few preseason performances, but the Jets see what they need to see in practice every single day, and I think there's a reason why Petty is the number two QB right now. He just has a better command of the offense and a better feel and probably can give the team a little more confidence if he was called upon to step in and, and run the show, which at some point, by the way, he will. Uh, they're not going to go the whole season with Josh McCown as their starter. Right. Uh, in addition to the $6 million deal that he signed, he's got an incentive clause in there where he makes $125,000 for each start. So strictly from a financial standpoint, they're Get him out of there. Full plug. <laughs> yeah. and, and from a football standpoint, you have to be able to assess and evaluate the quarterbacks on your roster when they're facing live bullets, not when they're going through drills on a Wednesday. Right. And so it sounds to me like you are seriously questioning, if not doubting, Mike McCagnon's decision to draft Hackenberg. It doesn't sound like you think Hackenberg was a good pick there in the second round. Well, I mean, look, Mike McCagnon knows more football than I'll ever learn in my lifetime. He's been eating it, breathing it, living it for so many years. I respect him a great deal as Italian evalu evaluator. I think this was a reach. Uh, I think most people would agree. The grade for Hackenberg was a third, fourth, fifth round pick. And that's the irony here. If Hackenberg was drafted in the third round, fourth round, fifth round, the reaction would not be as severe as it's been. But because he went in the second round, uh, second rounders are supposed to have an impact. And a second round quarterback is usually an indicator that you believe that he can start. 
for your team one day. Geno Smith would be in the same category when John Idzik reached a bit for Geno Smith and they tried to take a square peg and force it into a round hole and it just never really worked. Right. Geno is a backup quarterback. That's what he is. And there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. Uh, there are very few athletes that can get to that level. As we know, it's a finite group that can play QB in the NFL. So again, this isn't a knock on Hackenberg. I think McCagnan took a shot at this and every GM will debate you to the end of time over why they selected a player when they did. He saw something, something triggered his belief that Christian Hackenberg could, could be the guy for the Jets. And, and look, we're just talking about this. These guys have to actually live it. Maybe Hackenberg gets a chance. Maybe it all clicks for him and he gets the opportunity with what I know and what I've seen. I think the Jets, if given the chance, we'll look to select the franchise quarterback in the 2018 draft. Yeah, it's hard for me to understand the Hackenberg pick. I mean, he, he didn't really impress me all that much at Penn State, and he's two inches away from being the shortest player on the entire roster. So it doesn't he doesn't look like a typical quarterback, and he didn't play like one in college. So, so I agree with you. I don't think he's going to be the franchise quarterback. Yeah, and I would tell you that his film actually looked – it's best when he was playing for Bill O'Brien, more of a pro style offense, O'Brien, an NFL caliber coach now with the Houston Texans. And after that, Hackenberg was mediocre, had major accuracy issues, has a live arm. No one's denying he has an NFL arm. I think the problems for him have been decision-making and accuracy, which as we know in the NFL, that is a standard that you have to meet if you're going to play this position. So, I think moving forward, they probably know the answer already. You still have to go out and play the games. And look, here's the bottom line in in the NFL. You can talk about tanking. You can talk about uh, trying to lose as many games as possible. Those players, when you're playing a violent sport like this, they're not thinking that way. When they take the field, there's not a wide receiver, offensive lineman, defensive tackle, uh, linebacker, kicker, punter, Anybody you choose on the roster, there's nobody thinking that way. They can't. You can't possibly view it through that prism. These guys recognize that they might not even be on the team next year. So they're trying to show the rest of the league what they're capable of. So I don't think the players are, are focusing in on that. But philosophically, if you're the Jets and you're trying to figure out the future of this team, it's been obvious that there's a void at the quarterback position. And if you believe that one of these young guys, if it is Sam Darnold, so be it. If you believe they fit the bill, then it's in your best interest to, to see them on your roster starting next year and to get that process started. Absolutely. So I guess with all this talk of the Jets rebuilding and, and, and rightfully so, given their talent level, you know, the, the questions mount then at the running back position as well. Um, you know, what are they doing giving reps to the 34-year-old Matt Forte when they have a really talented player in Bilal Powell who really showed a lot of promise last year and showed a lot of ability to help quarterbacks out as a checkdown option. Now they seem to be moving away from the Bilal Powell heavy backfield, and it's just a, it's a very confusing setup after they were looking to potentially trade Forte just a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I think that the way the NFL is set up now, most teams look at their running back position as a one-two punch. 
as a combined effort, and the Jets are no different. There are a few teams that have a bell cow, and uh, that's the way they're going to go, but that's more of an old-school mentality. Uh, Powell, when the smoke clears, will will have the better season. I believe that. Establishing the run might be tougher to do. If you're down 14 nothing in the first quarter, if you're down 21-6 at halftime, if you're down 28-10 in the third, you're not running the football a whole lot because you're now completely off schedule and you're forced to, to throw it and try to furiously come back. Uh, Powell is three years younger than Matt Forte. Forte doesn't quite have the spring in his step that he once did. Forte didn't look terrible last week against Oakland, still a respectable pass catcher and, and a threat when he has the football in his hands out in space. Pal has a little more explosive ability with his spin moves and his elusiveness. And I think Powell is still the main guy in my mind when the Jets begin to scheme and prepare games with John Morton, the offensive coordinator. But Forte, as of now, is going to play a role. They're they're getting paid basically the same amount of money. Three years, $12 million deal for Forte. Three-year, $11.25 million deal for Powell. And they'll probably end up splitting the reps with maybe just a tad going more towards Powell or riding the hot hand when necessary. Is there a guy on this roster at the wide receiver position that you think has a bright future for this team or any other team in the long run? I think for me, I'd probably go with, unfortunately, a guy who's on the injured reserve, Quincy Anunwa. Uh, but I'm curious, as someone who watches every Jets game, which I certainly, luckily, do not, uh, I'm wondering what you think of, uh, of their wide receiver core. Yeah, I was a big hit. When Anunma went down with that neck injury, uh, they they just didn't have another wide receiver to turn to. And he was their clear-cut number one. I don't know how many teams in the NFL that Quincy would be considered the number one receiver, but on this roster, he was the obvious choice. Robbie Anderson, he showed promise last year as a deep threat, but that's asking a lot of an undrafted free agent to now become a more well-rounded wide receiver. They brought back Jeremy Curley, who uh, is yet to have an impact. They brought in Jermaine Curse, who has had an impact, uh, but at this point was probably the third wideout on Seattle, and there's a reason why the Seahawks are interested in trading him. Haven't seen a whole lot of Ardarius Stewart, third-round draft pick. I've heard good things, uh, but need to see it out on the field, need to see it against NFL-caliber talent. And then Chad Hansen is a slot receiver, I really haven't seen much yet out of him. So if you're asking, is this the wide receiving core of the future? No, probably not. You're going to have to see them go out and, and improve that area. The one thing that they do have in their favor moving forward is cap room. And Mike McCagman right. has put himself in a position to make some big free agent signings. So if Sam Darnold is the pick and they end up in a position to make that pick, they might be able to surround him with some more weapons than what they have comparatively right now on the 53. Now, Ian, from a more broadcasting perspective, what is it like calling for the Jets? You know, over, over the so many years of doing pre and post game stuff for the Jets, like, it, does it make it, is it easier to call, uh, you know, for teams that are so disastrous in so many ways? Or, you know, what is that like? Well, my preparation doesn't change. You know, I call so many different sports. I work with so many different partners. 
my consistency is what I hang my hat on of uh, preparing the same way, uh, approaching every broadcast as if it's important, approaching every assignment as if it's important, because that's the only way I know how. When the game goes south, I think you find out about broadcasters and whether or not you're willing to hang in there with them. Are they engaging? Do they have interesting things to say? Can they bounce around from topic to topic? Can they keep the show moving? I happen to have a lot of experience in that area just based on some of my my assignments in the past, NBA, NFL, college basketball, you name it. So to me, that's part of the deal. We'd all love to get the best games every week, the most competitive games, great endings, magical moments, but that's not how it's set up. You have to do the job in front of you, and the job requires you to do everything that's a part of that game, all four quarters, every play. So you can't just pick and choose the the highlight moments to to be a part of. Uh, you've you've got to be uh, prepared for all of it, and that's where your work during the week comes in. And I've learned through the years, uh, just because you don't use something doesn't mean that it wasn't worth preparing for. Right. So I'm not the kind of broadcaster that thinks I have to get everything out there no matter what. The game dictates that. If you get a great game, I might use 20% of what I've prepared. If the game is not very good, the Oakland Jet game from last week, that number is going to go up 40%, 50%, 60%. But you better be ready for it one way or the other. That's that's the way I've always approached it. That's a good mentality. Absolutely. I'm sure that's why you're doing so well. Uh, I have one more question for you just to, to kind of wrap up the entire Jets team. Uh, do you think Christopher Johnson is doing a good job with the team, and do you think it's helpful how involved he is? I, I just don't know enough about it. I know that this is a unique situation where their principal owner, who had been heavily involved, is not around. Uh, we know that Woody Johnson is now the U.S. ambassador to the United Kingdom and has responsibilities outside of football. His brother, Chris, has stepped in and they've kept it in the family, although he had not been an out front member of the Jets family, maybe behind the scenes people knew him, but uh, those of us in the media weren't all that familiar with him. He had a press conference. Uh, He did very well in it. I don't know the direction that this team is thinking that they have to go in. Is Mike McCagnan and Todd Bowles, are they, are they tied at the hip? Are their jobs being evaluated separately? Are wins and losses going to be the determining factor on on who stays and who goes? Uh, these are all behind-the-scenes decisions that may not have even been made yet. I, I think it's, it's really a, a different setup compared to what we're accustomed to in the NFL. Uh, we're just not all that familiar with the current owner, and we certainly aren't familiar with the thinking moving forward of what they want to do and and how they're going to go about doing it. Ian Eagle, Jets broadcaster, thank you so much for your time, Ian. I hope you continue to enjoy watching the Jets games this year, even if they lose them all. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. See you. Thanks so much, Ian. Appreciate it.